Welcome back to Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller here along with Robert Glasscock. And you know, over the last, geez, almost 50 episodes, Robert, that we've already put down, one of the things that has come through is through your style and interpretation of astrology, just how incredibly accurate this craft can be. And yet, and we talked about this to a degree a couple of episodes back with Chet's question about pseudoscience. Astrology is like it's not even real. Well, we answered that effectively. But what happens when maybe something that is predicted by a very good, well-meaning astrologer doesn't happen? Such a great question. (laughs) Because astrology very often, Thomas, can be almost alarmingly accurate. I read for a man yesterday uh, whom I've never met, and I did know that he sold cars for, for a living. That's all I knew. And I had looked at his horoscope before we did the session, of course, and I opened <laughs> because he had an incredible chart. I opened with this line. I said, I know that you sell cars, but have you ever thought about studying for real estate? And his, he said, you're messing with me. And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, I just started studying to take my real estate exam. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> automatically, that man is going to think that I'm psychic. And that I can therefore predict everything that will ever happen to him and when. And, of course, that's not true. You can't. Nobody can. And yet I think a lot of people expect astrology to be psychic. This is going to happen to you and then that's going to happen to you and so on. But the truth is, even in medical science, for example, two different patients can be diagnosed with exactly the same disease and be given probably exactly the same prognosis, except doctors realize this is a game of probabilities. Uh, This patient with multiple myeloma may in fact die within a couple of years. This patient may survive for a number of years. And it is sometimes hard even for a doctor with all of the medical science background, to know the difference. And the same is true in astrology, because every situation in life, whether it's your love life or your career life or your money or your health, is comprised of so many elements that are coming together in physical space-time to manifest that by nature, even seemingly simple things have a complex background to them. So in astrology, sometimes like with that man yesterday, things are crystal clear. But in many situations in real life, they're not crystal clear, and the horoscope will reflect that too. And as you know from orary astrology, which you've studied, Certain orary questions that people ask, you set up the horoscope, and the horoscope will tell you, you can't read this chart, and here's why. It's too soon. Not enough elements are in play play yet for astrology to be of any real help here. Or, conversely, the horoscopes may say, you know, this question is really invalid because there's nothing that the, the querent or the client can do to change the outcome. This is essentially an issue that's over. 
And if there's no dynamic in the issue, then astrology has nowhere to go. So, so even the horoscope itself will reflect that lack of clarity, and then astrologers have to work a little harder. But, but I think it's best to start with where you are in the horoscope. If you see a lack of clarity about somebody's marriage, you say so. Your marriage is looking uncertain in this period. Are you guys having maybe some ambivalent issues that you're not talking about? that you need to talk about because there seems to be a lot of ground shifting going on below the surface, probably on very sensitive topics, maybe. And you start from there. So you're not predicting that they're going to get a divorce, which may or may not be a helpful thing to do anyway. But you are suggesting so you get the client to address those issues that you see lack clarity in the hopes that maybe you can help them get some clarity on them and, and find a path to communicating their own vulnerability and uncertainty and, and their fears and so on, which is a whole different approach than making psychic predictions as if they had nothing to do with it. Fate is going to happen to you. and Here is your fate in this horoscope. And there's nothing you can do. But, well, that's just not true. Am I making sense here? Yes, definitely. And especially on an individual level where we've established, in fact, in some of our more recent episodes, that as individuals, we can change much quicker than a company or the president of a country or even the country itself, the bigger the macro then the it's the difference between a sports car and the Titanic. I mean, we're dealing with something that is hard to turn versus something that is relatively easy or very easy to turn. You and I can change our beliefs. We can change our mind instantly. But the bigger collective has a much diff more difficult time with that. So, yes, definitely. That is such a great point because you and I can walk out of a job anytime we want to and go find another one, hopefully, or retire and go off into the woods for the next 10 years and not not affect society, maybe, or hurt anybody. But a president of the United States can't do that. The leader of the armed forces can't do that. So let me it, ask you this. So you, the, let me ask you this because that's a great point. So if you're looking at the president or the leader of the armed forces or even the country, like you've been doing a lot of predictive work through the solar arc practicums for the United States, and you make a prediction that like with Saturn getting ready to move on to the United States natal marsh, solar arc Saturn, that's a difficult aspect. We're not going to go into the granularity of it, but you see that as a challenging time for the country potentially ahead of us, say, the next two years. How certain is that? It's pretty certain because when you're dealing with a national chart and collective archetypes, they do, in fact, seem, appear to work out more fatalistically than in an individual's chart. Simply because, again, an event at that level, at the national level, is so energized by collective energies. I, for example, I just read uh, today that over 40% of Americans think that there will be a civil war in this country within 10 years. Now, that's just that's reporting that's from a study. That was done. Well, that's a big collective force. And you can see those things in the chart of a nation. And there may be no easy way out of them because the alternatives are less for 
people like presidents and chiefs of staff and so on, they are constrained by their responsibilities, if you will, that people like you and I don't have. We're not responsible for anybody's life. They are. Uh, we're not responsible for the economy. They are. And so at those levels, those macro levels, astrology's ancient archetypes do seem to play out along more fatalistic signs. It's also important to remember always that every archetype in astrology, whether it's a so-called malefic or a benefic or an easy aspect or a hard aspect, every archetype in astrology has a positive side and a negative side. And generally in the hard aspects, from transits, let's say, the reactions to the stress that is implied in the hard aspect will tend to be relatively primitive unless you are made conscious of the higher stakes, let's say, or the broader picture, the bigger picture, in which case more conscious through astrology. Then you'll say, all right, I see where the conflict is here. How do I find, in connection with whoever or whatever the conflict is with, a middle ground here that's going to be constructive for both of us, for both of us? So an individual in that way has a lot more freedom of will to create a constructive and positive end result, even though the challenges are still there, and they may be really difficult challenges, than people who are locked into by law, having to perform certain acts or not perform them, you see. Is that, again, I'm checking in with you to make sure this, this is making sense. Yeah, it, it is definitely making sense. And so now let's hop back from the collective to the individual. Let's talk about individual interpretations again. And you're so darn good that I have to ask this qualifier question. <laughs> Because I could imagine setting you up for this answer and you go, well, no, I never have that happen, Thomas. Do you ever sit with a client and suggest something is possible or something like you said with the man and his real estate? And he goes, no, I've never had any interest in real estate. Does that ever happen? Absolutely, it happens. What do you do? It happens. Fine, I just move on. Now, what it tell with him, for example, the minute he said that, the minute he said, you're messing with me because it was so accurate, I knew that everything else in his chart was going to be as clear and as readable as that was because it told me he is, in fact, actualizing his own best self, certainly in this area. Now, we get into other areas of his life, maybe not. But in the area of career directions, the fact that he he agreed, he said, my God, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm studying to take my real estate exams, uh, told me, perfect. He knows nothing about astrology, but it told me that he's living his his own best side in terms of those aspects. And But yeah, all the time, if I get someone, I may see an equal propensity to succeed at real estate and suggest it. I hate real estate, yada, yada. And they'll say that. And it's, it's not that astrology can't be wrong or that I can't be wrong. I can be. But when that happens, I then get a little more focused on the horoscope because it makes me wonder if that person has a negative self-worth, for example, that will unconsciously 
prevent them from ever attaining their natural inclinations and natural goals. And so I will begin to look for something like conflicts with the parents or trying being born into a situation where you're expected to uh, follow a certain career. And if you get out of line as far as conforming to that, then you suddenly will be shunned or punished or worse by so that there's a risk in, in fulfilling your own happiness and your goals for some people or in some people's cases the chart may show that they're very scattered that they have trouble focusing on anything really that their lives are full of maybe petty dramas and conflicts that really prevent them from focusing or doing the concentrated work necessarily to succeed along those lines but you begin to explore and maybe it's true maybe they really do hate real estate and it's that simple. Often, in fact, with real estate, I find myself saying, I said this to this man yesterday, you know, people, for example, with real estate, think it's all about making the money. To me, it isn't. A really good real estate agent, once you've gotten a license, uh, then all you have to do, you're basically looking to find either for residential clients or commercial clients, the best environment for that family or individual or company to thrive at a price point that is within their budget and meets their other requests. So that means that you begin to show them listings that you think fit into their needs. And people know when they walk into a property within a few minutes, whether they're interested in it or not. So you don't have to sell a thing. They sell themselves, but you're constantly servicing the, the security needs of that client. So it's an incredibly important and really emotional kind of job that you're doing, which is very Cancerian. So if you can look at real estate that way, it's almost a spiritual approach to it or a metaphysical approach. You're trying to find an environment for people for some length of time to invest in, in which they can thrive. It's almost like feng shui on a higher level. So if Sometimes people see it that way. I've had clients say, I never thought about real estate that way. You know, I do like to do interior design. Well, it's the same thing in astrology. A facility, a faculty for, for being an interior designer can relate. To, same with construction charts that, as this man yesterday indicated, the construction business is another. Well, that's allied with real estate and so on. As this, this is a young guy. He's 32. He's right at this wonderful edge where he, and he has all these dreams that was, that were reflected in his chart, including about construction. And he's, so, he's clear of that second Saturn return too. So he's free yes, to move yes, about yes, yes. the cabin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's been through that. So now he's, it's a wonderful age to be because this is where I think a lot of people really do commit to their, their career choice. And if they found it by then, by the way, the, the man has only been selling cars. He came to California with, uh, I think, $100 in his pocket. Wow. Are you kidding me? Wow. $100. Instantly found this job is incredible as a car salesman already. And this car dealership is opening up, up other branches and yada, yada, yada. So he's already proved to himself that he, and he is, he's a wonderful salesman. But the reason he is, is he's a Taurus. But because, and his moon's in cancer, and because he is such a wonderful salesman, he can only sell really what he truly believes in. But boy, if he believes in it, he's got to sell because he really cares. He really can. And he is an entrepreneur. So I was overjoyed to see these next years for this 
this man because he's going to build himself up from i mean nothing and he's a he's an army veteran as well so he's he had a fascinating but again this is trying to relate to this idea about when astrology is wrong and sometimes i will be wrong and i'll see things in a chart that the person absolutely detests or said no not not a chance and that can simply mean i've made a mistake which we all can do usually i find when i probe a little deeper um i can point out why i i said what i did but kind of just what i did if someone had said they were against real estate and i began to talk with them as i just did about the inner workings of what real estate really is it might wake them up to gee i never thought of that and i do like interior design and i could do that you see what i mean they begin to start making connections in their heads based on what you can see in the horoscope that turn out to be a wonderful career you know, I love what you're, the picture you're painting here is something that I've been trying to do on the Fun Astrology podcast with the uh, daily or regular transits of where things are, is to point out both sides of the archetype. You point out the shadow side, you point out the positive side. Mars right now is in Gemini as we're recording this. It's going to be in there for a long seven months. We're with this for a long time. There's a shadow side to Mars and Gemini. It's the division. It's the bipolarity. It's the splits. It's the, the tension that can rip apart. And there's an incredible positive side to Mars and Gemini. It's something that can accentuate such power that you can get more than one thing done at the same time. <laughs> you know me. That's what I'm looking at, right? Yeah, launch it. Sure, we can do that. Oh, yeah, you want to do that? <laughs> launch that one, too. Hey, Robert, I got some stuff for us to do. It's like you can, and with that Mars octane and that fire and that Aries thrust behind it, you can make it happen. So what we're talking about here is being able to recognize both sides of an archetype and, as you're saying, I love the, this line has played so well with my podcast audience, live to your highest timeline. Yeah. In other words, address the shadow and clear that away so that you have the free space like your guy from California. If he wants to sell cars, he'll do it brilliantly. If he wants to get into real estate, hey, why not do Mars and Gemini? Both. Exactly what I told him, Thomas. <laughs> You're a good astrologer. That's exactly what I told him. And as he transitions from one to the next, exactly what I told him, especially with Mars in Gemini, transiting Mars in Gemini as we have it right now. And as you say, for the next seven months, everybody has this. And Gemini is the sign of connectingness, connectingness. It rules the hands. It rules the arms. It's reaching out connecting with other people it rules speech not the sound of your voice but speaking communicating through speaking it rules hearing it rules sight because all of those things are in our organs and through which we connect with the environment and the people in it so it's about connectingness and it's absolutely about ideas and it's also about gemini about transitions it's a mutable sign so during this whole period with Mars activating Gemini, everybody will tend to feel both excited and anxious at the same time because they are full of ideas they sense 
that their world is changing. It's been changing with COVID and politics and everything else at a pace where we've really never experienced before because we're suddenly all instantaneously connected to our cell phones and our monitors and each other. So it's all happening, what seems to be a faster race. And yet at the same time, everybody in some form or another is thinking about, they're thinking ahead and they're testing ideas out and possibilities out in their own heads. And ideally, they're talking with other people about them and investigate. These are all constructive actions, Mars, of actions that you can take. The negative side of all of this is to be angry and irritable and polarized and refuse to connect and refuse to communicate with certain types of people and on and on and on, and to keep your life in a state of uproar. And a second tendency that's negative with this transit is to get scattered and to fail to see things in perspective and in priority. What's really important? You know, taking this $2,000 for three days in Las Vegas vacation or paying off your car note. That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is great. So uh, let's boil this down. My takeaway notes from this conversation individual astrology when you're sitting with a client talking about their life they are more flexible to change between the shadow and the positive side of the archetype and that makes them i guess in a way more prone to inaccuracies because they could pivot but once you dial it in then you know that you can run with that pattern through that theme in their life knowing that they have tried to find their highest timeline that was one. And versus collective astrology, which is much slower and harder to shift. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I also think that the real, you're getting to the heart of astrology to me. We do have fate. There is such a thing as fate. If you're born missing a limb, that's fate. If you're born poor, that's fate. If you're born rich, that's fate. So your fate at birth always stems from the past. Now, if you're newborn, the only past you have are past lives. If you're a 30-year-old, you have a past of 30 years in which you are being reborn at age 30 because, as you know, our bodies are constantly sloughing off old cells and replacing them with new cells so that there's not one cell or tissue or organ in your body today that was there seven years ago. And if those new cells and tissues and organs come in and are built under a set of new beliefs, they will reflect that. And that's how you change your fate, transcend your fate. I don't know of another tool as accessible as astrology for doing exactly this, for really looking at every area of your life and see what you were born with and what that means, both for good and for ill, and then consciously beginning to focus on the higher side of each of your archetypes and acknowledging the lower side of them so that you ultimately can outgrow them, really. And therefore, you've changed your fate. So astrology, and far from being fatalistic, to me is the best tool for understanding your fate. And once you do, it's like flipping the coin over. Suddenly, your biggest weakness, if you address it, can become your hidden treasure once you overcome it. 
Yeah, and what you just described exactly is what I've that you just described my journey over the last three years or so since I really kicked astrology into learned how to interpret these things, studied under you, learned how to interpret the way that you do. I can it's a little scary. I kind of think like Robert sometimes. And then just think about always choosing to live on the highest timeline of the archetype. How can I move in that direction? And I bet you would echo this, that when you start living that way, it's not that it's easy street. It's not. Challenges are built into the process, but it's a lot more fun. It certainly is. And it's also exciting in a way because you can consciously be aware, I am co-creating my reality here by doing this. By thinking about my chart periodically or getting into astrology, by understanding myself and looking at the timing. I've got this coming up. Gee, what am I going to do with this? You see, as opposed to I've got this coming up. What is it going to do to me? Exactly. Puts you in charge. And I'm a Capricorn rising, and that's where I like to be. (laughs) Sadly, I have had to learn the hard way. The only person I can control is me. And sometimes in the past, not even that. (laughs) Well, let me put you in charge. Tell everybody goodbye. (laughs) You (laughs) get to wrap it up. (laughs) Thanks again. This has been wonderful. Great conversation, Robert. And if you would like to talk to him one-on-one about your chart. Wow. We just set the stage for that, didn't we? All the information you need is in the show notes. The information on our Discord channel, which is run by the amazing Kristen Lawhead, is in the show notes. You can catch it all there. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you. Great topic. And we will see you back on the next Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.